0: to the Rogue Grandis Podcast with Kyle from Stall Agronomy. You never know what I may say or who will be on, but you know it'll be real, because that's me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast, it's Kyle from Stall Agronomy. I've kind of been neglecting the podcast lately. We've been putting out, um, doing a TikTok video just about every day, if not, maybe one or two a day. So podcast uh, creation's been a little bit lacking. So let's talk about a topic that came into my head this morning, and let's talk a little bit about ag retention of employees. Um, you know we we've been seeing this kind of across every industry, but agriculture has been dealing with this for a long time. And you know let's let's break this down a little bit and talk uh, talk kind of what are the issues I've seen and, and some of the stuff that I've, I've dealt with too. But, but let's do the the simple uh, Joe Biden thing. Just pay them more. Yeah, no, It's it, it would be that simple, right? It, it's been a thing where I would say it is difficult to hire people that could be making money, uh, actually more money elsewhere, uh, doing easier jobs with uh, less hours, essentially. So, my first foray into this was when uh, so we had a branch manager quit, and we kind of put in a new branch manager after I turned that job down. And I really didn't feel like doing three jobs at once, and that that was that was the proposal I was given. So we, I was actually kind of involved in the hiring then after that because you know we had a new branch manager. And we were kind of sharing roles a little bit. So we were interviewing truck driver positions, basically CDL positions for delivery uh, in season. And um, I remember talking to, I don't know how many people applied, maybe probably 10, you know, at the most. And the people that we interviewed, you know, all back then, they actually still showed up for interviews, but everybody shows up. We, uh, we talked to him, uh, a few of them kind of gave us, uh, okay, that's that's fine, let's talk about this. And uh, when it came down to pay, we were told we could only pay, I think it was like $15 an hour. And we had like one or two guys that actually decided to do it. One worked for about a week and then he quit. So yeah, the whole thing we got told was, you know, this is several years ago, um, but most of those guys could get paid $20 an hour. Hello dogs. Uh, $20 an hour to go somewhere else. You guys need a nail trim and do basically the same job, but not have to get out of the truck and drag a hose to, to a sprayer, um, not get out of the truck and, you know, lift things and load things and do all this other stuff. And, it's pretty much the struggle we have in a lot of those manual labor positions in agriculture is, you know, there are other industries paying more. Uh, there are other industries that are paying more for less manual labor. They're also paying more for skilled positions. So people with a CDL, you know, that's, that's a thing. I'm not entirely sure I would say that's a ag retail thing. That's a, that's an agricultural thing. And, you know, we struggle with paying people, uh, kind of actually the the going rate for whatever reason, and then when we do hire somebody, we complain about how bad they are, and I think it's the same thing. So, uh, the same thing we deal with in just about any industry, but for whatever reason, agriculture seems to not want to pay people as much, and then complain about the the job that they do when we pay for people that probably are worth the money that we're paying them. And the easiest way that I can tell anybody to do to fix this, um, you know, there's farmers that talk about this on Twitter. We, we've we seen other people have comments about this is, you know, pay them a little bit more, um, you know, and then charge a little bit more for your delivery. And farmers will complain about it. Um, everybody hates the higher price stuff. But the funny thing is the companies that don't want to pay pay, uh, paid some of these CDL guys uh, more money are the same people that are telling their sales staff that we sell premium products. That's why our price is the way it is. You know, you got to be able to sell not on price, but on service and all these other things. Well, then management's got to do the same thing. Basically, you're going to have to set a price for delivery and then basically tell your customers, we are paying our guys X dollars an hour. And your deliveries will show up on time and they will actually go into the right wagon um, or the right truck or tank. Um, They're not going to deliver it to a field and, and you're not there and not even know what the heck's going on. So just sit there for two hours while you're like two fields over and kind of have some like common sense. And that's that's the thing. Um, if we can hire better people, uh, you could actually probably charge a little bit more. I mean, there are a lot of farmers that would be willing to go to somewhere where they know deliveries are going to be on time, everything's going to work well, um, they won't have to babysit somebody. Um, you know, we all know if you work in ag retail that the farmers kind of realize who your drivers are. And I've had more than one ask me who's bringing this load out to me and then you tell them and they're like, oh that guy all right well yeah I'll get out there so I can you know hold his hand basically and and tell him where to go because if I don't then it's going to end up in the wrong thing and yes farmers pick up on that but if you had really good guys you could probably charge a little bit more same thing with application Um, seems like custom applicators are getting kind of a kind of free reign on what they want to do because they're really hard to find Um, people that do a good job uh, are in high demand, but then they're in high demand from other industries. I have uh, I've seen local retailers lose um, really good applicators to, uh, man. One selling on crop insurance. Um, one is, man, I think he went to go run heavy equipment for somebody, making more money, and you know, basically being home every night at the same time. Um. You know, there there's a lot of these other jobs that are in high demand and yes, we're competing. But once again, uh, we need to pay them a little bit more. And yes, I understand we gotta increase our prices. Um, to be honest, I worked in ag retail for long enough that I saw basically our application cost never really change much. Um, you know, there's fuel surcharges one company's charging, um, but for the most part really have an increased pricing and you know they're trying to stay the same for whatever reason but everything else is going up um, you know fuels up equipment's up um, literally everything is up in price we can we can charge a little bit more and, and have better people <clears throat> yes farmers might complain and you might lose a few uh, to going and buying their own sprayer but i'll tell you uh, from my current experience that is, a lot of guys are already considering that because the application um, is pretty poor. Um, it's funny, I went out to Iowa for Farm Progress a couple weeks ago, and uh, we were out there driving down I-80, and I'm looking at every field that every edge, the outside row of every field was perfectly clean. Uh, you drive by fields in our area, and every edge of every field, except for the farmer-owned sprayer guys, is full of weeds. Uh, it's always the outside row because they, for whatever reason, don't want to kill anybody's grass. And yeah, so now I'm driving out to Iowa, ticked off the whole way because all I can think about is the one row of weeds and everybody's corn that uh, that we were spraying and trying to clean these things up and fix all their little skips and mistakes. And, you know, and you're just looking at this like, man, I'd pay a guy $2 more an acre just to not have these weeds because then seems like you get that outside row of ragweed in Wisconsin, and then the next year it's three more rows in, and then the next year it's the whole field's got it, then you're getting weed escapes, and it just turns into a nightmare within two or three years. And I think that's a lot of what's going on, too, uh, with some of the fields we've been looking at. So, yes, I know farmers have to be willing to pay a little bit more uh, to keep the service and have a good service. Uh, either that, or they're going to go out and buy their own sprayers anyway. And yes, if you increase the price, there might be a few farmers that go out and buy their own sprayer. But at the same point, then you can you're going to make it up with a little bit more more acres. And likely, if you pay, you're the company. Thank you, Giselle. If you're the company that pays your employees more and does a lot better job, uh, trust me, you're going to be turning away a lot of business. Um, we're going to eventually get to that point some of these uh, some of these days, or one of these days. But yes, if you do a good job and do what you say you're going to do, you can you can charge what you would what the industry will bear, that what the market will bear, and and more often than not, I think we could do a better job um, and get paid a little bit more. I'm not saying I'm going to increase my prices a lot, but um, I'm just saying that I think egg retail could do a better job that way. Now, sales staff, um, yeah, that is that is a tough one. Um, I think sales, if you're a decent salesperson or you have any halfway decent skills at, at talking to people and understanding things and, and she's back. What do you want, Giselle? What? If you bark for a treat, I swear. Um, if, if you're halfway decent, uh, I think for the most part, uh, compensation and sales is actually really good. Um, I haven't had anybody really complain about their salary and sales. Um, More often than not, if if salespeople leave or a sales staff leaves, it's more over work-life balance. uh, Or, and for whatever reason lately, it's been more to do with management. Um, It's been more to do with micromanaging. Um, You know, just a lot of these things uh, are a struggle. And I think um, I'm not going to go too much into how management gets hired uh, we'll just say a lot. Very, it's very often that management in these companies is promoted from within, um, sometimes qualified, sometimes not. Um, sometimes it's just because you got a guy that's really good at sales and then you just put them in management, um, then throw some training at them and, and hopefully it works out. And then three to four years down the road, they're back in sales and they got a different manager in there. And another year or two from down the road after they feel a little pissed off that they got moved out of management, they're, they're a different company doing something similar. So I'm not entirely sure what to tell you about management um, or how to fix that stuff. Um, I think we need to look at maybe hiring from outside of the current company you're in. Um, the other side of the two is it's, it's really difficult to bring in somebody um, into a sales lead or a sales management position that, uh, A, hasn't sold anything in their life, uh, and B, has almost no experience coming into a a sales position. And that does happen quite often in agriculture. Um, You see that with somebody who's got, um, and we're not going to pick on the FFA, but, you know, a state FFA officer. Um, I've seen enough of those that get moved up really fast um, I've seen guys that come out of school with a master's degree, you know, you are throwing them fast into fast track to management. Um, it, it's, it's funny to watch. Um, you know, I'm not going to say seniority is a huge thing. Um, <clears throat> I, I was told by somebody with a doctorates that, uh, that was much more advanced in their career than I was. They spent 10 years in a sales position like I was in for, Uh, a retail company with a doctor's degree and eventually moved their way up into management. And, you know, saying that I would like a manager who is basically, you know, 20 years older than me. I mean, I'm 38 now. You know, somebody who's about to retire just about. I don't know if we need that, Uh, but you definitely need somebody who's, you know, driven the tender trucks. Um, Somebody who's actually done the sales job. Uh, Someone who understands some of the struggles that day-to-day stuff works or has worked with the day-to-day stuff. Uh, Some companies are good at doing this. Uh, I think some companies are struggling with this because, um, I don't know, maybe they don't trust their staff um, and maybe when they're looking outside they don't want to hire somebody from outside the company. There, There's, you can see companies winning at this and other companies that aren't. Um, I know When I've looked at some companies, uh, it seems like we put a a very big emphasis on someone who's going to micromanage the living crap out of their sales staff um, or their staff. It doesn't always have to be sales, but micromanaging and and using some CRM software where basically I think CRM software has its place. All right, let's go into this little caveat and then I'll try to wrap this up. But CRM software has a place. It's nice to have a place you can take notes, you can collaborate with other employees. What CRM software shouldn't be used for, at least in my opinion, is to basically babysit all of your employees. I said that. Yes, babysitting your employees with CRM software led me to leave a company, made a lot of people I know to leave companies and makes a very large level of distrust between management and the staff. And if you need CRM software or something to actually babysit your staff to make sure they're doing the job you hired them for, one, you're a poor manager. Two, your staff is going to quit because they're going to be really getting tired of getting micromanaged the living crap out of themselves. And three, you should be hiring employees that you trust uh, to do the job that you hired them for. And if they're not, then you should be getting rid of them. babysitting your entire staff or your entire company to basically watch every single thing they do so that you can micromanage them is just terrible. I mean, it's one for me, it means management really sucks. And two, it means you're not very good at your job and you're not very good at hiring. And then half the time, it seems like it's when new management comes in that you see the software get implemented so that they can determine who to keep and who to get rid of. And yeah, we're not going to go too far into that. And I'm starting to really need a drink of something. So yes, there are a lot of changes we can do in the agricultural industry. I think paying people more uh, for non-sales positions would be a very good start. Yes, I know we're going to have to charge more realize that as farmers are starting to notice services are weaning and waning I guess waning as services are going away or getting worse they're gonna start trying to figure out ways to do it themselves and that means you lose a lot more money than if you don't provide that service that they want to buy <clears throat> sales staff doesn't like being micromanaged sales staff understands how businesses work for the most part but just yeah, Understand that there are reasons why employees leave. Exit interviews aren't going to give you everything you need. Um, Try to reach out to people. Come up with new ideas. Be creative. Don't throw pizza freaking parties. I mean, there's a guy that entire TikTok, his whole TikTok is talking about management throwing pizza parties for people for like huge things that the company did. So anyway, we're going to end it there before I start losing my voice completely. And I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rogue Erontics Podcast. Be sure to check out our website, stallagronomy.com, and our other social media for more information and other episodes.